It's our favorite time of each week. It is the final countdown, the full rankings list for all of your favorite ACC football teams. It has been quite the season, but we have ended it on a high note. We're ready to tell you guys just where your favorites landed when it was all said and done. Let's talk about it with AJ Black on today's show. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked On ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper, joined by AJ Black from Locked On Boston College. Each and every week, you can find us every day, really, on your various YouTube channels and wherever you listen to podcasts. We talk about ACC football for the you know past, and now we're moving on to the ACC basketball future. But all in all, we have to take some time to recap and give a full rundown of our entire ACC football list. AJ, how are we feeling? I'm doing great, Candace. It's uh, good to talk to you and uh, finally put a bow on this ACC season before bowl season starts. Yeah, 100%. It has been quite the doozy. But more than that, I want to take time to mention to you guys that LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. So we're rocking and rolling. You want to start top to bottom? I think we should start with the bottom and go work our way up. Yeah. You know, tell me how we're feeling. Okay, cool, cool. Bottom, bottom first. So who was the team in the ACC that struggled the most and ended that being the one where we just, you know, we wish you could have the season back. All right. Um, I'm going to put Virginia Tech at the bottom. I Okay. Uh, I, I know they beat Boston College, but that was like the highlight of their season. Uh, they didn't, re- I mean, you expected uh, Brent Pry, I almost called him Brent Key, uh, to have a, a, a bit of a rebound, uh, a rebuild here in, in Blacksburg, but I didn't think it was going to be as rough as it was. <laughs> um, tough, yeah. tough year, and they're a team right now that's getting eviscerated by the transfer portal. I think they're oh, one of yeah. the top top two or three teams I noticed, and number two or three right next to them is a team we'll talk about way later, which is really sure. surprising. But I, you know, I think in terms of disappointments, I think the Hokies Hokies take the bottom spot. A thousand percent. I think with what we know Virginia Tech football to be, and even when you're watching, you know, Shane Beamer out in South Carolina, you talk about Beamer ball and all the things you're like, I know what good football should look like. And it's certainly not happening in Blacksburg, but you know, there is an opportunity. We're going to give him, you know, at least a couple of years to get rid of that Fuente funk and then hopefully figure out how to move forward. So I feel it there. All right, next team. All right. I'm, I'm doing this out of, uh, you know, I'm not doing this just to run down the standings and, and do sure. it. I'm doing. I'm, I'm looking at how disappointing a season was for a team. How yeah. much did it drop off? And so my second from the bottom, and I, I already see the the comment section blowing up, is going to be the Miami Hurricanes. You know, they they deservedly so. They're right there with Virginia Tech and a horrible transfer portal. I mean, this is a t- this is a program that bought all the best coaches that money could buy at every position that they could think of. They brought they had a quarterback that should have been one of the best in the ACC. They had talent from the transfer portal, and they did nothing. Yeah, they looked exactly like the Miami teams that we've seen for the last ten years, and were a massive disappointment. I mean, I put Virginia Tech at the bottom, but I could have put Miami down there because how many people talked about the Hurricanes possibly winning the ACC Coastal, and they're not even bowl eligible. 
Yeah. Yeah. Not even bowl eligible, but more than that, it's just they didn't even look competitive in a lot of games. And yep. the one time they actually had an opportunity against Texas A&M, they pissed it away. And you're just sitting there saying to yourself, eh, it's kind of on brand for how the program and really the, you know, whole university and the athletic department is rolling right now when it comes to football. And I just think something's got to give because there's too yep. much talent. There's too much talent from an administrative you know, standpoint in terms of coaching. And there's too much talent on the field for it to really be this bad. So I'm hoping that Mario can shake that thing you know, a lot quicker than people might give him credit for. Because I, if he doesn't figure it out in year two or three, they're definitely going to be you know, scratching their head and wondering what did we just get ourselves into. Well, I think they could just have a shopping list with their NIL money and just go to the transfer portal and buy whoever they want. So, that, I mean, I mean, they're going to be one of those teams that's going to do that. There's all these te- these players that are out there that are looking for a bag, and Miami's going to be one of those teams that's going to have the biggest bag out there for them. And I don't, I don't hate the player, play. hate the game, you know. And yeah. I think that's what's going to happen this offseason is that Miami's going to go crazy buying players to try to fix this thing. And, you know, you buy players and all the good things, but can you bring them together and have some cohesion, right? I think that's going to be the biggest question. Like, yeah, you know, sure is all day long. You can bring a lot of superstars together, look at the Lakers, and can they all gel and actually do well besides Anthony Davis is actually doing well right now and end up making playoffs and doing all the things. So, you know, it's just one of those situations where money is nice, but, I mean, I'm sure the reason why you actually get up and do all the things is to play and to win, you know, championships and all that kind of good stuff. So, totally Totally hear you there. All right, next up. I'm going to put Virginia, and I I, I don't even want to, like, get down on them because of everything that happened at the end of this year. So I'm just going to say tough year, very, very tough year. And obviously there were things that were bigger than football that happened in this program. So uh, of any team that will be rooting for for 2023 to figure things out, it'll be the Cavaliers. Absolutely. I think they have a lot to look forward to in terms of just where they could turn the program around. I hate that Brennan Armstrong is not going to be there, but I also wish him the best. I think he has an opportunity to go do big things and he could be one of these quarterbacks that ends up transferring and kind of lighting it up. So I definitely think there's a lot of growth opportunity for them for sure. Who we got next? All right. I'm the host of Locked On BC and I'm going to put my Boston College Eagles down there. Okay. Okay. Not the bottom, but you know, still, yep. still pretty low. <laughs> it's low. This, I mean, in terms of disappointing season, this is, this is, this is the, a big one for BC. Uh, yeah. You know, heading into this year, you had one more year as a flowers. You had Phil Dracovic, you were running around and you go out there and you lose to Rutgers, UConn, you lose to a bad Virginia tech team and weren't competitive in many other games. As I said on uh, you know, multiple shows of mine, the, the glow of Jeff Halfley is starting to wear off and the questions of whether he's the right fit for Boston College is pep up. I don't know what they're going to be doing in the transfer portal to try to fix this thing because they need an offensive line badly or this is just going to happen again next year. I wonder how essential that offensive or the transfer portal and utilize the transfer portal will be because I know they didn't really dip their toe last season. But is it one of those situations where Jeff's like, listen, either you let me get some guys or you kind of have to deal with what you get here? I mean, the biggest issue that he has is that he lives in in recruiting and he's got I don't want to call it a bloated roster, but his roster is so packed with scholarships right now that he Mm -hmm. can't go out and get guys on the transfer portal. So that's a big issue right now. So when I see that BC's only had four guys enter the portal, Phil Dracovic being one of them, and they have a, a incoming class of like 17, the numbers don't add up very much for me. So I don't know <laughs> what they're going to do. I, I, 
I'm very worried if they're going to just go in with, oh, we're going to bring in more true freshmen. They're going to get screwed yeah. and Halfley's not going to make it to the end of next year. That's fair. And of course, you mentioned Phil Dracovic, who is going to ACC rival the Pittsburgh Panthers, deciding he is going to be their QB one after, you know, Keaton Slovis decided to enter transfer portal yet again. It might be you, bro. I'm just going to say, how are you feeling about Phil leaving? Do you feel like it was time or without having a good offensive line, there was nothing more that he could do? I mean, this is the perfect fit for him. You know, he he got a lot of crap from BC fans this year. Some of it's deserved because there were times that he just couldn't see things in the field. And he did that for three years where he just had moments, but the poor guy, I mean, I feel for him because how easy is it to go back there? Every time you drop back, knowing you're going to get hit by one or two pound guys running full steam at you, that you can't see because the guys in front of you can't do their job. So, I, on that sense, I'm happy for him because I think Pitt's going to be a good fit. He already worked with Frank Signetti, their offensive coordinator. He's from Pittsburgh, um, so he's going home, and he gets a fresh start. He wasn't going to play for BC next year. They be, you know, Halfley always does his thing. His his we got to go to the next guy. Get our, you know, he goes down the depth chart. Emmett Moorhead's going to be their quarterback next year unless they have some big splash in the transfer portal, which I doubt will happen. It's going to be him. It's his turn. So I think Djokovic, you know, Halfley was like, okay, why don't you go try to see what you can find and uh, we'll support you. And he, he let him move on. Yeah, 100 percent. And, you know, at the end of the day, I wish guys nothing but the best if you find a happy yep. home and maybe it works out good for you. So there's that. All right. Next up, who do we got? All right. After that, I'm going with the wake. I'm going with Wake Forest here. <laughs> the Demon Deacons. It's crazy. The trajectory of what we thought they would be and how they fell from that so mightily this season. I thought at the beginning of this year, if I went back and listened to what I said, that I thought <laughs> that teams would figure out Wake Forest's offense. Mm-hmm. And then they didn't for the whole first start of the se- first half of the season. That they yeah. looked like Wake from last year. Then they figured them out <laughs> and made Sam Hartman look very mortal. Their yeah. defense, which has always been suspect, all of a sudden looked very suspect. And Wake finished at seven and five, which is a disappointing, very disappointing compared to what they were, you know, what the way they were, tra- their trajectory was heading at the beginning of the year. Yeah. I just think they're, the errors that they were making, it's just so not like Wake Forest. Yep. Like the, the interceptions, the turnovers, it just was like, this is a sound team. This is the perfect team. They are very strict. They make you mess up and capitalize on your mistakes. And yet it seemed like Wake Forest was just on the other end of that stick and it was just unbearable at times for them. Yep. Absolutely. Totally agree with you, Candace. A hundred percent. All right, guys, let's talk about a few more of these teams as we roll through the final rankings for ACC football. But first, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for all your small businesses. You want to be a hundred percent certain that you have access to pet the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. All you have to do is go to LinkedIn.com. And I'm telling you, you go to your profile, add your job and purple hashtag hiring frame to your link. LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires for leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster and for free. Post your job at linkedin.com slash on college terms and conditions do apply. We're rocking and rolling with AJ Black of Locked On Boston College talking through some of our 
ACC football rankings, the final power rankings of the year for the 2022 season. And we have mentioned a couple of the bottom tier programs, but we're moving our way up. And so who do we have next after Wake Forest? I'm going to put Georgia Tech. And, you know, in terms of expectations, I almost wanted to put them higher. But when when you're not bowl eligible, you got to get near the bottom of this. Because when I looked at their schedule at the beginning of last year, I was like, oh, my gosh, Georgia Tech is running into a buzzsaw. Then they fired (laughs) Jeff Collins. And I was like, okay, this season's going to go down the toilet real fast. And then they put their interim wins two top 25 games. They finished five and seven. And I mean, they had no chance of beating Georgia, but they were on the verge of But they didn't get killed. Yeah, they were right there (laughs) for pieces of it. And that's great. And that shows you. And I saw Brent Keyes was doing, uh, he was taunting Georgia fans at uh, the Georgia Tech-Georgia basketball game today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's definitely not going to bite him in the butt in the next couple of years. (laughs) He's all in when it comes to being a Georgia Tech alum and also wanting to really rebuild that program. So I get it. And as someone who had to watch Georgia Tech beat North Carolina, I think that it said more about North Carolina than Georgia Tech. But all in all, you win the games that sometimes people don't expect you to win, but you also just show some promise. And I think that's what the Yellow Jackets have here with Key. And I think it's going to be a very interesting season going into next year because that the you know ramifications of Collins is gone, Jeff Sims is gone. It felt like that relationship between Key and Sims was off always, and whether or not he was yep. playing or not. And so now you get you know a new quarterback, a new regime, and all that, all the good things that come with it. All right, who we got next? All right, I'm gonna go with Syracuse next. Okay. Okay. I like um, it. I like it. Yeah. So they start the season off with a with a six and zero, I believe it was, mm-hmm. and they were on the verge of beating Clemson. And just like BC in twenty twenty, they just couldn't put they couldn't they couldn't finish them off. And Clemson comes back and beats them. Yeah. The, that being said, they they then get into the harder part of their schedule and they look very mortal. <laughs> and. I don't want to say that they were a bad team. They're definitely not. They, again, um, Dino Babers, this was a team that was really struggling for years. It's got this team at seven and five. That's other than having Sean Tucker, they didn't really have a lot and they were able to still win. So it's a successful season for Syracuse and it's something you can build on. And that's all you can ask for. And, you know, they're a middle of the pack ACC team, but given what their expectations were, that's a good thing for them. A thousand percent. And I think there's just a lot to build on in terms of getting another really good quarterback, a solid quarterback with a decent running back at the helm. And you're going to have yourself with that defense is something that if they can stay healthy throughout the entire season, they're going to be pretty dangerous. All right. Who we got next? All right. I'm going to go with Louisville. Okay. (laughs) They're having a time, aren't they? Oh my gosh. (laughs) What I, I, you know, so I've, I've made a lot of connections through the, the, the writing gigs that I've had. Sure. One of my best friends is a, a Louisville writer, and okay. I, I can't even ex- I can't respond back with the words that he said to me when I sent it to him because sure. he had no clue this was coming. Um, it was yeah. such a it was such a crazy moment for Louisville that you know you have Scott Satterfield who you know I think they wanted gone, and he doesn't he leveraged. I, I imagine, I, I just play out my mind that he was going to get himself fired at the end of next year. I just don't see mm. him. It just didn't seem like he was getting to where he needed to be. Like he was seven. He was on his year. quiet quitting vibes. Quiet yeah. Quitting. Quiet okay. quitting. Right. And he <laughs> somehow leveraged that job 
for another two to three years at Cincinnati, a better program right now where they're at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That that is some crazy logic right there. I don't know. Just don't understand it. I don't know what Cincinnati's doing. Um, and Louisville just got to get out of jail free card out of this. They didn't even do. Hello. They didn't have to do anything hard. They just got it handed to them. Now they can go out and they get didn't. Jeff Brom like they want, and exactly, they're going to be happy about exactly. it. They don't have to pay him to sit down and do nothing. They essentially got a man that don't have to go through a horrible season. It's just amazing. Satterfield has the biggest brass cojones of a lot of people, right? This man yep. knew how to keep it close to them. I mean, I'm sure he told three people. He had them told his agent, his wife, and his mama, because ain't nobody else in the world saw this coming. And I just think it's crazy to me when you look at the landscape of what Louisville is. It has a lot of potential. It's not a bad gig. You know, it's not a bad yep. coaching job. But for whatever reason, it just did not vibe with Satterfield for long. And he he felt the iron being a little bit hot. He said, before y'all kick me out, I'm going to go ahead and bat my way. So I don't, I don't blame him. I'm not mad at him. In the game with which we know that you know, college athletics to be, go while you still have you know a paycheck rolling in. And if you can get a bigger one at that, by all means. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. I mean, you, he he was able to, to get himself another three years when no one thought he would. And, and that's, that's, that is – that's smart. And it's, it just shows you how crazy the coaching coaching game could be the coaching carousel. A thousand percent. All right. Who we got next? All right. After Louisville, I have the Duke blue devils. Okay. Yes. Here we go. And I want to give you the chance and I've talked a lot to brag about your, your uh, decision to pick Mike Elko. When I said it would be Mike Norvell, go ahead, Candace. Get on your throne and, and say what you got to say. I just feel like Mike Elko, with what Duke is known to be about its football program, it's insane how much. I mean, I can't even put into. I can't even articulate it properly. Eight games, like y'all don't understand. Winning eight games at Duke football—that's just literally unheard of. Like, no, everyone wrote them off. The Cutcliffe era in the last two to three was like terrible. Nobody gave them a chance to even be worth a damn. And you just had all these guys. I literally remember talking to Dwayne Carter. I'll never forget this. Looking him dead in his eyes. And I was like, so what should make people nervous or make them believe that y'all are going to be worth something this season? He's like, just wait and see. We don't got to say too much. We understand what's out there and what we're, you know, portrayed to be. Just wait and see. And I was like, you know what? Anybody that's willing to buck up shoulders back and say that, you got someone who's in that, you know, coaching room telling you to have that confidence and giving you that confidence. And he's coming from a place like Texas A&M, and he's reemphasizing that you can be great. And they believed in it. And they bought into the system, and he kept things rolling. They also – they probably – they should have won a couple more than bad boys. They – they tripped over their legs in that Pittsburgh game and North Carolina game, but they, yep. damn it, if they could, they might've been in the close on hell. They might've had a better showing than North Carolina did in that Clemson matchup. So honestly, I'd rather have seen that if I'm being frank, but I love Mike Elko and I'm on the Mike Elko train. So every, just so everyone's clear, I don't love Duke. I love Mike Elko. But I do like I, 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 I'm giving you a <laughs> round of applause, Candace. That is absolutely nobody believed me. Nobody. You earned it. You said that. And I remember <laughs> when you came back media days back in July, you were talking about Mike Elko, and I was very much on board because I think I thought he was a good coach. But you were telling me he's gonna do you said it, I believe the word you used was he's gonna do special things at Duke. I'm just saying, you know, sometimes I'm right. And most of the time I'm wrong. But every now and again, I figure it out. You take the W's when you can get it. 
Exactly. I wish I had bet some money on it, though, and I could have been a rich girl. But BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. If you want to go already put in some early trends about who you want to win ACC next season, I'm pretty sure you can find it there at BetOnline.net. If you want to do some Heisman, you know, hopefuls, who's going to take home that trophy, there is absolutely that bet going on right now. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to bet on your, get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more because BetOnline is where the game starts. Rocking and rolling with AJ Black of Locked On Boston College. Do you have a Heisman prediction given that we didn't see anybody from the ACC there? But, you know, there's a couple of good guys in that bad boy. So, humble brag, I'm a, I'm a Heisman voter. Oh, um, nice. Yep. And – I I can't tell you who I voted for. I think that's illegal. That's okay. <laughs> but um my my bet online pick uh didn't even make mm-hmm. the finals and I had it and I, he got hurt was Hendon Hooker and he should be a finalist and he didn't I get think it. he got robbed. I, I, I tweeted that he got robbed. Uh he's he's incredible and even though he I mean, yeah. he missed one game because of that injury, he was Right. I mean he beat Alabama, he did all I mean, but this isn't locked on the SEC. That's my thought. Caleb Caleb Williams, I think, is going to win this running away. Yeah, I I do too. It's just it's this is definitely a year where you're like, eh, it could be anybody. Like you could you could convince me, swing me, you know, a couple ways. But I definitely get that. But moving on to ACC, as we discussed, the rankings are still the rankings. We started, we ended with the Blue Duke Blue Devils. Who do we got next? All right, I'm going to go with Pitt. Okay. Um, and I put Duke in front of Pitt, but I, I I'm going to stick with with Pitt here. Eight and four when you don't really have much at quarterback is is and you just lost Jordan Addison, uh, the best wide receiver in the game because he, yeah. he got his payday at USC. Um, and watching them get their butt kicked by Utah was amazing. Sorry, <laughs> I, I am not a USC fan, and to watch that happen was great. Um, but Pitt again, Narduzzi is consistent and. Going back to Dracovic, like they've got some momentum here because I, I honestly, as a BC person, I think Dracovic's going to be a great fit for them next year and they're going to be good. So, uh, props to Pitt for going eight and four and really solidifying themselves as a just a continuously solid team in the ACC. A hundred percent agree. I know I saw some players tweeting about during the ACC championship game that they should have been there. And I'm like, yeah, you probably, this, this is the last time to win a coastal because next season is going to be a doozy to try and get that second spot behind Clemson. So, you know, yep. best of luck to everybody. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. Next team. Well, we that's, it, that brings up a great point because my number three team is UNC. I'm not putting them at number two. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I think they peaked at the wrong time. I think that was the, the big thing. Long time. Yeah. And Drake may like looked every bit, you know, if he continued that last three games, he would have been in the Heisman conversation. No doubt he would have been in the Heisman conversation, but he hit that freshman wall and he hit it hard. Um, but that being said, they went nine and four with a freshman quarterback and that it, you know, you have a great. They had a great wide receiver, Josh Downs. Loved watching him play, and in a decent defense at times. Um, yeah. That got better with Chesnick, and so, um, you know, I I don't have them as my number two because I think another team that jumped up and is in a prime position for number two, kind of jumped them, even though they have 
one less they they have one less ACC win than them. Okay, I think we're missing. We've got three teams left though. Unless you're giving. Wait a minute, who did I miss? <laughs> you miss NC State. <laughs> oh crap! <Or> <laughs> uh, NC State. Uh, That's such a Boston right Duke. Sorry, NC State. <laughs> I totally forgot about you. No, I, I'm surprised you forgot. Considering that that was your team's best win of the season. What you mean? How you forget them? I, I, yeah, so I would put them right below Duke. So let's go backwards okay. because AJ didn't do a good job of writing out. He, he didn't prep this. He wrote. He it's had okay. it all in his head. And as my wife it's says, okay. you need to do a better job of writing things down because you forget things. So I'm showing again my executive functioning skills by forgetting this. State. They had the highs and lows of the season. The lows, losing to lowly Boston College. What yep. the hell that was, even as someone who covers a team, I don't know what that was. <laughs> to, to then turn that around two weeks later and beat UNC? Yeah. I mean, okay. With and a four-string quarterback. And, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it, yeah, four-string quarterback. Go eight and four without Devin Leary for most of that, for big chunks of that season. That, that tells you what you need to know about that program. Now, Devin yeah, Leary, 100%. he's entering the transfer portal, and he's going to go get a bag somewhere, I'm sure. He's going to end up at some SEC program that's going to pay him big money to come yeah. there. 100%. See how his health does. But, yeah. All right, number two. I'm pretty sure I know, but I want you to tell the people. All right. I'm going with the Florida State Seminoles. There we go. Um, they deserve at least so. They, in terms of just forward momentum, this team yeah. has it right now. Like they've got everything going and they got Jordan Travis coming back, but Jordan Travis himself, let's talk about the year that he had. He was other than Drake may probably the best quarterback in the ACC, just consistently yeah. from start, start to finish. And, yeah. you know, they Norvell has got that program looking like the Florida state teams that we saw with Bobby Bowden. And I, I am impressed with them. I know they're not, they're not the level of Clemson yet. But they're getting there. They're getting there. And this, especially with the way Clemson's kind of ended the season, that 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 gap is shrinking very, very fast. And Absolutely. as you mentioned, next year the ACC is going to have just the top two teams. We could mm-hmm. very well either see Florida State at one or two playing. You know, It could be Clemson and Florida State for a second time in the ACC championship. Yeah, I was about to say, we're going to have some vintage Seminoles and Tiger matchups that we've been missing for a while. But I'm, I'm excited yeah. to see that play out potentially in a championship scenario because I think that would be wild and also really good for the conference. All yeah. right, number one. Let's end it on a good one. All right, they got to go with the ACC champions here. Now, if I was to put them, you know, rankings just based off of expectations versus results, I, I wouldn't put Clemson at number one because sure. when you finish 11-2, and two, when you're at Cle- the Clemson Tigers, that's a disappointment. But they won the ACC, right. so it's hard to hard to argue that. But there's they're starting to show, uh, you know, some chinks in their armor here. And yeah. I, I, you know, they end the season. Their offense had moments. You know, they did very well once they got Klubnik in against UNC. My gosh, you have to wonder what you know. It, it's one of those things where you're like, why did it take Dabo Swinney that long to figure that out? Yeah, um, because their offense looked like a completely different animal with him out there. Um, but night, night and day, night and day, right? <laughs> and he, he, this kid looks like he's got that killer instinct. But to be fair, he's a freshman. 
we said the same thing about DJU that year that yep. uh, Lawrence yep. missed some games because of, of yep. COVID and some other things. It, it as we Great saw point. with Drake May, it can it can collapse pretty quick. Um, yeah, but the bigger concern with me is that we had to listen to Dabo talk about little old Clemson and how they don't need to do the transfer portal thing. And their team is getting hammered with the transfer portal right now. They're like, I mentioned that uh, Virginia tech was up there. I think Clemson's either above them or right below them in terms of players in the transfer portal, which for a team that, you know, you know, Dabo always talks about how, there, there are, you know, when you're at Clemson, you're here, you know, forever, blah, 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 whatever. Mm-hmm. To have all those players, and some of them are really good, entering yeah. the portal, it, it's it's a little disconcerting because now Clemson's going to have to play that game to fill their roster. Well, I'm wondering from an ACC lens, is it because you're trying to go play in big-time games, go to the Big Ten, you're trying to go to the SEC so you can have at least a yeah. shot of making college football playoffs, right? And you know there's a bag waiting for you with Big Ten and SEC teams. So I'm wondering if it has anything to do with that. And honestly, it's a slight to the ACC. Like, if we were a little bit better, maybe it would be more enticing for kids to stay and figure it out. I don't know people's stories and all the things, but I'm wondering if that has any, you know, credence to it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, with all the money that's going into the the Big Ten and SEC, exactly. like, you're all the TV deals and all these, you know, big wigs, blah blah blah. You know, Alabama ain't hurting, Georgia ain't hurting these guys. But I will say, as much as we love transfer portal, everybody ain't gonna find a home, and they damn sure not gonna find a home in the Big Twelve. I mean, the Big Ten or the SEC. So, hate right. it, hate it for y'all, <laughs> but some of y'all, hey, some of you gonna have to come to Boston College. It's all I'm saying. <laughs> there you go, Zay Flowers did it. You know, we'll figure it out. We'll yep. figure it out, but. Poof. AJ, it's always a pleasure to have you here on the show. I know I appreciate your rankings each and every week. I know it makes our weekly reads and rankings really fun because the YouTube comments are always the best. So please, y'all leave some comments for AJ as he reminds y'all of where he y'all can find him and follow his work. Yeah, so if you want to give me the best Christmas present ever, go to Locked On and smash that subscribe button. Just hit it. And you get to listen to me or you don't have to listen to me. I just need the subscribers. So go over to Locked on BC and subscribe. (laughs) Give me a good Christmas present. That would be a huge. There you go. Um, There you go. Let's get the road to a thousand. Go ahead. Yep. I'm I'm, I'm getting there. Um, There you go. And I'm also the editor of Eagle Insider, part of the 247 Sports Network. And uh, on tomorrow's show, I'm probably going to end up talking about BC pop in basketball to UNH. So it's going to be a great – I mean, Candace, I I can't anymore. Like, the football team is terrible. The basketball team is terrible. I don't even know what to do. But I will you know, get through it with my listeners. That's what I'm here there for. There we go. There we on. go. And they will get – They will get through it with you. We always appreciate it. Guys, come back tomorrow. We have Alex Dono as we talk through some superlatives for our ACC football teams, the best, the worst, and maybe the ones who, you know, we thought were going to be great end up being the least and all of the other superlatives in between. You'll have to find out on tomorrow's show for Candace Cooper and AJ Black. Until next time.